Welcome to the FemiPod. These are conversations about females for everyone to listen to, learn from and engage with. Brought to you by your Femi founders, Mr. Kieran and myself, Lydia O'Donnell. Welcome back to the Femi Pod for episode number 77. Thanks for tuning in this week. I'm here with Lids as always, and we are so excited to be back chatting with you this week. Last week, we said at the end of the podcast that we would love to get more reviews from all you listeners. And also, if you want to subscribe, we don't normally ask for this sort of thing, but we know how effective it can be for getting a message out there. So if anyone listening wants to go give us five stars and or subscribe to our channel, we would be super grateful for that. (laughs) So thanks so much. Uh, But before we go into anything further, I want to ask Lids how she is and how are you Lids? And yeah, how's the week been since last week? Um, Also, just quickly before we jump into that, we are obviously just speaking between Lids and us again this week because we had a short intro last week, but we will have a really exciting guest coming to join us next week. But yeah, Lids, how are you? How's the week been? Yeah, it's great to be back, guest. I am all good. Yeah, the week has been pretty busy so far. Lots of training, lots of running, which is going well, and lots of work. So I'm actually currently living up in Noosa by myself. My partner is away working over in WA, which is difficult doing the old long distance relationship, but it does give me a lot of time to kind of do the things that I need to do and enjoy like running. So I have been running quite a lot lately, Um, but it is all going well. Yeah, body's feeling good. Um, I still feel like I'm recovering from all the travel, but uh, no, like as a whole, things are going well. I'm in my luteal phase. Like I'm probably like two or three days out from getting my period. So I'm getting those luteal, late luteal feels. But um, other than that, it's all good. How about you, Est? How's training been? Late luteal feels. We've all been there for sure. Uh, Yeah, I am good. I am uh, coming up to ovulation station, which is great, but I am getting... um, some cramps around ovulation so that's not the funnest but um, something that we deal with sometimes I feel like yeah I don't get them every cycle but sometimes I do and they can actually almost be worse than period cramps sometimes I think Um, but apart from that I'm feeling pretty good I'm still recovering I think from that um, Yersinia stuff that I had so yeah still getting over that Um, training's going pretty well I've been nursing like a very slight hip niggle. So anyone out there listening that has an overactive TFL, um, I'm here with you and mine just doesn't like to chill out and it's super annoying. And I do so much rehab for my glute med and for my deep core muscle. I probably do about half an hour a day. Um, But it's just one of those things that's really hard to switch off when your body's used to having it switched on. So yeah, it's just like retraining that me to take over rather than the TFL it's like how can I just like put all my energy into my glute med and like you know turn that little one off because it's just not strong enough to take the load (laughs) so anyone listening I'm sure there's some people who have this um, issue because it's quite common and, and people that run a lot so yeah it's something that's manageable like I can pull back training and cross train for a day and it will settle down um and if I keep 
uh, keep rolling it out, keep doing the work. I, I think eventually it will go away. It's just one of those things that's a bit annoying. Um, but yeah, not affecting my training. And I had a really good Tough Girl Tuesday session on Tuesday, which was cool. So yeah, going well. Thanks, Liz. Can I just talk about my Tough Girl Tuesday session, which I did a, um, a steady state tempo, a solo one on the road up here and throughout the session I was like questioning my pace on my watch I was trying not to look at it as much as possible but I kind of just set out to do 10ks and I looked more at the time that I was running than the pace so I wouldn't get too consumed by it anyway I finished the tempo and looked at my overall paces and what I was hitting and was kind of disheartened like I didn't feel like I was getting to the paces that I wanted to and I was a bit frustrated, but I was also like, in my, I'm in my luteal phase and like these things happen. But uh, anyway, I couldn't like drop the fact that I couldn't hit pace. So later in the day, I went onto this website where you can map out your run to see exactly the distance. <laughs> and I'm sure other people, I'd like to think other people have done this too. Yeah, thanks, yes. And um, mapped out the distance. And I actually ran, I think it was like 10.4Ks and not 10Ks. So it made me feel way better. <laughs> It's like minute. So that's just, I feel like a funny running gag that probably other runners do too. Um, I know that I shouldn't get so consumed by my pace, but you know, when you feel like you're running faster than what your watch is saying, it's most likely that you are. So yeah. you get the specific stats. I've totally done that before. Um, I even posted about it once because I like mapped out this 10K um, on Map My Run. So like, you know, something that can like map it out. And then my watch was saying that it was way, like making me way slower than what the actual distance was. And I just got so annoyed because I was doing a 10K time trial, but it was on my watch. Like there was no way for me to like, I didn't know exactly where to stop and start, but I knew that each lap should be longer than it was. And so I was like, oh, I'm getting so annoyed. So yeah, I've totally been there, totally done that. Um, it's it's annoying because yeah, like you say, if you feel like you're running faster and then something tells you you're not, then totally get it. <laughs> I walked away being like, sweet, well, I got an extra 400 meters into my training session, and that's like good. So you know what, it all works out in the end. Definitely. Um, before we jump into the actual podcast, podcast, we wanted to touch on something really exciting that uh, we announced on Instagram recently, but. Yeah, we have partnered with Athletics New Zealand and it's something that we've been working on for a really long time, uh, both Lids and I, and something that we're obviously super passionate about. We are obviously passionate about all sports, but this one is close to our hearts and has been, you know, part of our lives since we've been really young. So we're just really stoked to be able to work alongside um, Athletics New Zealand um, and bring education forward to coaches and trainers who work um, with athletes and and um, female athletes. So, yeah, we want to dive into that a little bit more. Um, Liz, do you want to talk to the listeners about like what this actually means and, and what's the difference it's going to make? Yeah, it's so exciting. It's definitely something that we've been working on for a very long time. If you've been a long-time listener, you would have heard us speak about Femi Theory multiple times throughout 2022. And Femi Theory is still going strong. And it's really exciting to see, you know, organizations like Athletics New Zealand come forward and really make the most of this education. For Esther and I, we kind of grew up in these systems that just weren't built for women. And it's 
no particular person's fault. It's just the system that we grew up in. And it's so exciting for us to think that now we can shake that system up and really change things and make them better for all girls and women and those people who menstruate. So yeah, it's it's so exciting for us. I think, as S mentioned, our biggest passion is in athletics. And our, one of our biggest passions is keeping young girls in the sport. I don't know if many people know the statistics in New Zealand of girls and women that do athletics, but it's pretty low, um, unfortunately. And we really want to see more women and girls participate in the sport. But to be able to get there, we need to kind of open up a better environment for these girls and women to take part in our sport and to be coached by coaches who actually know and understand female physiology as well as psychology and know how to have appropriate conversations with these athletes around their bodies and their mental health and how they feel about themselves and how they approach competitions. So yeah, it's a really amazing step in the right direction. And we just can't wait to get this education out further and, and really see that impact. We know it's going to take time. It's not something that's going to change overnight, but we're hoping in another, you know, even if it is five or 10 years, the the space of athletics in New Zealand is really open to all women, people who menstruate, so that um everyone's out there enjoying the sport of running in particular. I know athletics is kind of open up to various different disciplines, but we are obviously uh, running hype gals. So uh, we just want to see more girls uh, running. Yeah, I love it. So exciting. And yeah, we both think back to our stories and we've shared them pretty openly and Imagine if, you know, people that we'd worked with had really understood um, the importance of a menstrual cycle with what we were going through and um, putting pressure on us to lose weight and that sort of thing when really the main game or the main goal should be to keep a healthy menstrual cycle. So, yeah, super excited about what this can do for women in sport and those who menstruate in sport. Um, Awesome. Let's dive into it. So like we said in the intro, we want to talk about performance of health versus performance of self. So Liz, do you want to give the listeners a rundown of what this really means? And then maybe we can start with talking about performance of health. Yeah, I think it's um, definitely appropriate to start with performance of health because as you will understand throughout this conversation, performance of health should sit above everything else that goes on in our lives. And performance on health to us is really focusing on those key health markers that happen throughout our bodies on the regular and using them as kind of guidelines to know if we're looking after ourselves appropriately. Things such as like the menstrual cycle, if you are somebody who menstruates, like that is one of, if not the best health marker that we have in our bodies that tell us whether we are looking after ourselves, training appropriately, fueling appropriately, recovering and resting appropriately like we are so lucky to have a period show up on the regular ideally to say yep give yourself a pat on the back you're doing all the right things um so performance on health for us is really like making sure that we are putting our overall mental and physical health above anything else and making sure that if we and knowing that if we do that then everything else ideally should fall into place because without our health and without our our physical health, our really our mental health and making sure we're um feeling good about ourselves and actually like diving into how we think and feel every day internally. Like that is just going to make such a difference on how you approach everything else, such as like jobs and training and um sport performance, all of that. Um so yeah, 
performance of health is just so important. I think a lot of people underestimate the value of their health um, and are willing to sacrifice it at all levels to kind of reach these other goals, which we will chat about soon. But for me, having a healthy menstrual cycle is is key. Um, And then thinking about things like getting enough sleep, which we've talked about quite a lot recently because sleep has or had been lacking um, in my life. And even things like energy levels, like Esther and I speak about how we're feeling in our energy levels every day. And I'm sure we can all agree there's days where you wake up and you don't feel like your energy levels are quite there. And then you try to force yourself to reach all these like goals and set all these ambitions throughout the day. And you either miss them or you do them, but not well. <laughs> and then you're kind of taking a step back anyway. So um, energy levels, I think is a hard one to gauge sometimes, but it's a really, really important one. What are some other things you focus on Est, in terms of like your performance of health in the day to day? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree with everything you've said, obviously. Um, I just wanted to touch on energy levels as well um, for people, you know, that don't menstruate or that have contraception that affects their hormones and they don't have a, you know, naturally fluctuating cycle. Energy levels are such a good indicator, right? Like I know they're useful for us as well, but we've got that other key marker of a menstrual cycle coming every month. But yeah, people on, you know, OCP or the pill, people with the implanon or people that have gone through menopause like that is such a key indicator eh? like of how you're feeling and if your energy levels are consistently low like looking at, at those things that let's see like sleep for example um I feel like my sleep's been a bit weird lately like I keep waking up at the same time in the night and then struggling to get back to sleep and it's impacting me and I look really tired and I feel tired um but that's okay because I still think I'm getting a lot of sleep it's just annoying um so yeah sleep's key we we always talk about it um obviously a huge one is like mental health and how you're feeling um mentally towards yourself I think yeah as we know mental health is just becoming more and more of um say a topic of a discussion which it should be but something that people are openly you know struggling with especially after COVID and having that time of isolation um and then also you know the the huge demands that are on people day in day out like people with families they've got to work full-time jobs they're trying to train on top of it all it can be so much to balance and it can be really really hard so like obviously keeping your mental health as as healthy as possible is extremely important for you and your health long-term, um, you know, reaching out for help. If you feel like you are struggling and even if you aren't struggling, still reaching out for help. Like I've recently started seeing a psych and let's knows that um, because I feel like I'll just be super honest. Um, since Byron got sick and since I've had long COVID, I've been struggling with like health awareness and like being scared of, um, scared of ill health and probably adding to that is some anxiety as well so like I'm taking that really seriously and I'm, I'm getting the help that I need and that's because I care a lot about my mental health and how it impacts my physical health um, so yeah it's just taking those things into consideration and understanding that like mental health has a huge impact on how you feel physically and like although you can't see stress um you can't see it physically it actually shows up in your body in certain certain places and you might have an upset tummy or you might have things that are popping up and it's actually linked to like your mental health so 
we all know how important that is. Um, so that's like a massive one for me at the moment. And just doing things to like try to switch off um, from work as both Lids and I know we put a lot of effort and time into our work. And so, you know, having those tools in the toolbox that you can actually switch off. Um, and that's obviously why we like probably why we love running so much as well. Um, and then that's also like leads into another one that I really consider important is like that recovery time. So we sort of touched on it a lot, I think, in other podcasts, but like, like I just said, like having those times to switch off and really planning ahead and taking full days off work where you're not engaging, um, in anything. And you're actually able to just like focus on having fun and getting outside or resting or whatever you think you need, um, to feel better. So those are the, some of the things that I really focus on, on top of like, yeah, keeping track of my menstrual cycle and sleep like you lids. Is there anything I missed there that you can think of? No, but I feel like when I was going through my journey with reds in my twenties, you know, I think about all the signs that were showing up in my body to kind of tell me to slow down and that I potentially wasn't looking after myself appropriately and not definitely not fueling myself. Right. And a big one, which is, um, maybe too much information was like my bowel movements uh, they like slowed down so much and um, I was just like probably ignoring them I guess or just unaware of like what a healthy bowel movement should look like and um, yeah I, I was like going to the bathroom probably every like three to four days versus like I know me healthy every day is like normal but I think it's a massive one which is like probably people are cringing because it's a gross conversation but I think it's important to like be aware of because it definitely tells you something you know if something's not right down there then something's probably not right overall so paying attention to those things as well and just like your overall health like there's other things that popped up for me like my skin was really bad if you're having huge um, changes in your hormones potentially you are facing acne or skin changes and that, that happened for me as well. Um, and my hair was all falling out as well when I was going through it. So another like massive sign that I just completely ignored, but. It's crazy what happens eh, with stress. Like when I, when I went through what happened with fire and I know I always bring that up, but it's probably been one of the hardest times of my life. But like after that, it's like the delay, right? Cause like you're almost like, with your reds and stuff and you working um, in a high pressure job and trying to do all these things, you can push through for a certain amount of time and you're like living on adrenaline. Your stress levels are probably like absolutely out the gate, but like eventually it like catches up and then your body kind of like shows all of these signs. And that totally happened after the emotional stress for me. And like, same with you, like those years of pushing your body that hard, like shows up little ways throughout your body like down the line and it's such a like key indicator like oh that time of my life I didn't realize what I was doing and how much stress that was putting on me and it's like so important like yeah to tune in and and give yourself grace after you go through something that maybe is quite traumatic or or really high pressure and stressful that you actually need time to recover and like I don't think I gave myself that time. I dove straight back into things um, and showed up in different ways. I had really weird gut issues going on, bad sleep, skin issues, like all these things popped up after. Um, and that was probably all from that time. So yeah, just like being mindful of stressful times that it may not show up at the time and you might think you got away with it, but it might come back and you know show up in, in other parts of your body and, and how you're feeling. 
Mm, it's so true. And we're obviously not doctors. Um, so we're not giving medical advice, but in our own experiences, I feel like that's happened to me too. You know, you, you do don't you don't notice the effects. Sometimes like four to six weeks, you could get um, yeah, get away with things and then all of a sudden it all hits you like a ton of bricks. So that's why I think consistency is so important. And it's not like about um going through those traumatic periods because obviously you can't control when those are going to pop up and how you're going to deal with them. But if you can in your like day-to-day life and just in general, like keep things consistent in terms of like getting enough sleep and eating enough food and like fueling around your training, no matter what your training looks like, consistently staying hydrated, like all of those things is just going to allow you to stay on top of your performance of health. And without that, as I said, there's no way that you can execute on performance of self because health is what is going to like dictate how you show up every single day. And for so long, I like, and Est is the same way, we sacrificed our performance of our health in order to get to that performance of self without even understanding like why our overall health is so important. I just think I was just so unaware, like, you know, in our early twenties being told that I was too big and that I needed to lose weight, telling someone that you're going to restrict your diet or pull back your calories to most people that seems so, like the silliest idea. And that that's so stupid when you're running 160 K weeks but in my mind at the time, like I kind of knew that not eating enough wasn't good for me, but like I was so willing to like put that my body on the line to kind of get to this point where I was being told if I got there, I would be able to perform so much better in running. And like now it's just looking back, I'm like, wow, I was so silly to do that because without, yeah, without being healthy, there's no way you can show up and run 160K weeks back to back. And yeah, it all goes back again to consistency. Like you can only get that consistency if you're looking after yourself. Definitely. Yeah, it's so true. And like, I was exactly the same. I would have done anything to be the best runner, but like it was probably due to lack of understanding. Like I think now with that awareness of like how important health is, because we've seen what losing your menstrual cycle can do to your body and like we've been through it and we see other women going through it still and struggling we know that it's like never worth giving up your health for like a performance outcome or like performance of self yeah it's just never worth it um but that comes with education because then you understand more like what you're actually doing to your body Yeah, definitely. And so for those who don't understand performance of self, when we are referring to it, it's really about those like ambitions and goals that we set ourselves to achieve particular things in our lives. So things such as your job and your career, um, potentially making money or gaining financial stability, things like from a running point of view, your physical performance and your times, your distances, what you're achieving in your like athletic world so that's what we mean when we talk about performance of self it will look completely different for every single person but like when you think about getting to those goals there's that famous quote no pain no gain which is the biggest load of shit because you don't have to put yourself through these like traumatic horrible experiences where you when you're in pain just to like get to those goals like that is not the case at all but I think we've grown up in this world where 
we have been told to believe that and that in order to get to that goal you're going to have to go through a whole heap of crap and like put your body on the line and put your mental health on the line and put your relationships on the line and everything's going to like have to be sacrificed all in order to get to that goal and from experience that is not true at all like the times where I've performed the best in sport been times where I have had great people around me I've been fueling well I've been eating well I've been having a healthy menstrual cycle I've done all the right things to look after my overall health and then I get the performance outcome it's not like I'm going to get this performance outcome by like sacrificing on all those things. But it's just weird that we've grown up in this world to believe that. I don't know where it's come from. Yeah, definitely like that mentality of like all or nothing. Um, And it's like really interesting because more and more, even this is like from a performance lens, but more and more um, evidence and coaches are starting to train their athletes in a, in a really different way. Like, they're not doing extreme workouts that like punish the athletes and like push them to their absolute limits. Like, and we've kind of always said this, Ayla, it's like you shouldn't really be pushing yourself into like extreme pain and training very often, if ever. And like, you look at someone like, I'm not sure if people know this person, but like that Jacob Ingebrigtsen dude. And then the group that's um, trains with Emma Coburn, I'm rattling off running names now, so ignore me if you don't know these people, but like Emily Infield and and all that group, um, Emma Coburn in America that train together, they all train to like um, their lactate threshold. So they they actually test their bodies that they're not pushing themselves too hard because they know for a fact that like pushing yourself extremely hard in training like shouldn't really happen often if at all, like you save that for race day. Um, and I think that's just like an an indicator of how times have changed it's like it's not all or nothing it's not no pain no gain it's actually like let's take calculated thought out steps to get to this place in a really healthy way and then have the best performance rather than go smash ourselves all the time because I know when I lived in Melbourne I was part of a running group where there was a mentality of yeah all or nothing like I would finish those sessions completely cooked I would push myself two to three times a week to my absolute max um and I got nowhere I ran like crap so (laughs) it kind of just shows you like in any sort of avenue of life or like that performance of self like actually pushing yourself that hard often has really negative effects even in even in running so it can be like counterintuitive because I'm sure some people think the harder I work the more you know I'll get but it's just not the case not at all and even when you think about your career and your job you know, like I've been on my own journey with my career where there was a time in my life where I was like working so hard and I would sacrifice my sleep, my mental health, time with my loved ones. And it was just so unsustainable after five years. I just like quit my job because I couldn't continue to do that for the rest of my life. There was no, absolutely no way I could do that for the rest of my life. And, you know, I think finding a place where you can put your overall performance of health before your job and your career, you're only going to be able to execute at your job or your career so much better because you'll actually start to enjoy your job more. (laughs) 
B, you'll actually probably find yourself working a lot harder in the times that you are online or at work or no matter what you do. And so you're probably actually, your outcomes are probably so much better too. And then you'll actually be able to stay in that job for a lot longer because you're actually able to, you know, enjoy other parts of your life alongside your career. Your life is not your entire career. So thinking about performance of self, not from a physical performance lens, but just, you know, your career, I think is really important too, because we all want to enjoy what we do and love um, what we do. I saw this stat the other day. I can't remember the actual numbers around how much time we spend at work and with the people that we work with compared to everybody else in our lives. And it was like kind of scary, but I was just saying to myself, I'm so glad I work with some incredible people who are also some of my best friends. Um, But yeah, you want to enjoy what you're doing, but you're only going to be able to do that if you're in a really good physical and mental space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so true. So true. I think it takes time to understand like that performance of health comes before performance of self. And you kind of get to that point once you've done silly things so Liz and I are in a privileged position that we've been through those things and we've come out the other side and like even moments of like when someone in your family might get sick or someone you know gets sick or health sort of is something that is taken away from someone it really puts things in perspective and like ultimately it's all we've got um so it should always be our number one priority 100% I feel like performance or health in general we obviously speak about physical and mental health so much but like emotional health and your health with your relationships and the people around you like all of those things are so important too so we are considering all of those facets but yeah at the end of the day health is all we have so you should always put it first definitely uh all right I think that's all from us Lids. do we have anything else anything else you want to add I think that is it from us. We are going to be back next week with an incredible guest. So come back to that episode. Again, as Est mentioned, we would love some reviews. I'm just going to pop up here and say exactly what he said at the start, but please dive into our reviews. Give us five stars um, and give us a review if you feel inclined to do so. We would love that. Um, But yeah, I think that's all from us today. So we'll be back in your ears next week. Thank you.